the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Happy Friday! Uh, it's Arthur Idala on the Arthur Idala Power Hour, completing the first week of 2024. Even though Monday was a holiday, and I must admit, Tuesday was like a fog day. Um, Joni Pelzer is still out of it, um, but uh, we got Sam Bellino here. What's up, Sam? Hey, Bellino? what's going on, Arthur? Uh, life is good, man. Life is good. I mean, I, I had a great first week. I mean, Tuesday was weird. It's, it's what my mom says, like when kids go on winter break and then they come back to, I'm sorry, on, uh, well, any of the breaks and they come back to school, it takes like a day or two to get them back into yeah, the groove. Yeah, sure. It was the same here. I mean, Tuesday, everyone was in the, well, I shouldn't say that. Some people took an extended break, but, uh, those of us who were here, we were still a little like, uh, as we would say in Yiddish, stunad. But, uh, Wednesday morning, we had a great team meeting. And we've been cranking things out. This Ghislaine Maxwell stuff has been all over the news. I'll talk about that in a moment uh, and maybe towards the end of the show as well. But um, Joan Pelzer is under the weather. And um, we're sorry to hear that, Joan. We hope you feel better. Take this weekend. Get some rest. I know you've been sleeping a lot. Um, but she's still been producing the show, even though it's remotely. Um, I want to talk about some relatively breaking news. Maybe it came out like an hour ago. Um, the Colorado Supreme Court, which ruled last month that the former president would not appear on the state's Republican primary ballot because he had engaged in insurrection based on a law in the 14th Amendment or section of the 14th Amendment that was put there during the uh, Civil War. Well, the United States Supreme Court has agreed today to hear this case. Uh, they're going to hear oral arguments on February the 8th. And um, the the court, you know, usually takes its time. It, it, it's, it's interesting because I'm trying to just make sure what I say is accurate. But there are no courts that end on a, on a date certain the way the Supreme Court of the United States does, right? Yeah, the circuit court keeps going. Uh, yeah, I mean, they slow down during August. But the Supreme Court of the United States, like, they have a specific term. So the only time frame on them is they want to wrap everything up that they started in in October. It goes from October all the way through. Usually they end before the 1st of July. Sometimes they go into July 1st and then they're gone July, August, and September. And then they come back in October. And now they're working on and off them, but they're not hearing cases, they're not handing out decisions unless they're extraordinary. But here, I would imagine... Uh, they were going, they're going to hear the case on February 8th, and I would imagine, um, they're going to 
relatively quickly hand down a decision because, you know, when you put a name on a primary ballot or on any ballot, it's not the easiest thing to do logistically. So they need time to uh, to get the names on the ballots, et cetera, et cetera, in the, the voting booths. Um, the case basically turns on the meaning of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which, as I said, was ratified uh, right around the time of the Civil War. And I think the exact language is it bars those who had taken an oath to support the Constitution of the United States from holding office if they then shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. Now, there are many different avenues the Supreme Court uh, can rule on. It really depends on which way they want to go. Look, I will just tell you my personal feelings on voting in general. I do not have an issue with people having to show identification before they vote. Um, I think you, I think it's, I mean, uh, I, I went and picked up a pair of shoes, literally a pair of shoes and the shoemaker in Grand Central. And before the guy handed me my shoes, and it was just to get soles put on, it was like $40. He wanted to see my ID before he turned over the shoes. Something as important and valuable as voting, I don't see anything wrong with saying, did you register to vote? Are you a citizen? Are you authorized dollar? Are you eligible to vote? Okay, here's my idea. It says, here's my driver's license, whatever ID it is. Here it is. So, I, you know, yes, in terms of that and curtailing and narrowing down the system, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with showing identification to vote. But on the flip side, I think, you know, as many people should have the opportunity to vote as possible, as many people should have the opportunity to run as possible. And uh, I think the court is going to look at what's called the due process here, whether did President uh, Trump get his fair share at making his argument about whether on January 6th or before or after uh, he was involved in any insurrection. It is a big case for this country. Um, I'm glad the Supreme Court is hearing it. I don't think they had much of a choice uh, but to hear it. And I think you're going to get a relatively swift decision. Um, although they do not um, air the arguments uh, on television, uh, I believe you can listen to them. I know during COVID you definitely could listen to them. Um, I know after in the in the past, back in the good old days, they used to put out a recording of it after uh, the uh, the oral arguments, but. Let's say this is a biggie. Let me tell you something that's not a biggie, in my opinion, um, to, to, the way the media is playing it out to be a biggie, but that is all over the place, um, like literally all over the place, because I've been all over the place uh, in terms of media, is the release of these Epstein documents. There's a lot of radio shows, folks, that you could listen to. There's a lot of TV shows that you could listen to. I think you're talking to the only host who has spoken to Ghislaine Maxwell today. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure you're the, this is the only place uh, where you're going to hear from the host uh, who actually spoke to Ghislaine Maxwell in, in the capacity as her attorney. So obviously there's a, uh, some tremendous restrictions on um, what I could tell you that Ghislaine said to me, but um, there were some things that she wanted me to say to you. And um, 
the essence of it all is that these documents are being released. She had the opportunity to um, uh, request that they not be released. Instead, she did. She took just the opposite tact and uh, did not try to prevent them from being released. And she wants them to be released. Um, she says the more documents that are released, the more things that come out, the more pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that are put on the table, the uh, easier it's going to be for anyone who really does a deep dive into this to see that Ghislaine Maxwell is really a scapegoat for the guy who's dead, Jeffrey Epstein. When Jeffrey Epstein was arrested the first time down in Florida and served time down in Florida, in none of those complaints, in none of that paperwork, was Ghislaine Maxwell's name mentioned. In the initial indictment here, in the case where he eventually died, her name is nowhere. Nowhere. And those of us who live in the criminal the, the world of criminal law, whether as a judge, a prosecutor, defense attorney, when there's this type of a conspiracy, you don't just arrest one person. You arrest the people in the conspiracy. Not only did they not arrest Ghislaine Maxwell when uh, Jeffrey Epstein was arrested, she's not even mentioned in the indictment. She's not even mentioned that she, he was working with her to get young women, etc. Um, so... These, these documents that are coming out, I know everybody wants to hear like, oh yes, President Clinton was with an underage girl on the island and Donald Trump was with, with, with Epstein doing X, Y, and Z. That's not there. And I have to be very careful what I say about the next part of this is because I represent um, Alan Dershowitz, who was in a lawsuit with um, Ghislaine Maxwell, I'm sorry, with um, Virginia Giuffre. Um so I'm going to tread lightly, but you guys are all New Yorkers. You could use your common sense. There was a lawsuit that of defamation because Alan Dershowitz called uh, Virginia Giuffre a liar about her accusations. And um, after we fought the lawsuit, after the depositions, after the, the discovery process, the way that case was resolved was that Virginia Giuffre issued a statement saying, I may have been mistaken when I said that Alan Dershowitz performed these sex acts at me on several different dates in several different locations all over the United States of America. She may have been made, I may have made a mistake. So, you know, everyone's credibility in this matter and everyone's credibility in these documents that are being released, which are documents stemming from a civil lawsuit, very different area of proof. Um, just, just, I would just, the nicest way I could say is take it with a grain of salt. There's not a lot of there there. Um, I have Chief Kemper coming up. We are going to demystify the, the myths about crime in the city. And we're going to talk about the perception of crime in the city. And we're going to talk about, where we, we, we did well, where we didn't, where we could do better. And we're not just going to talk about the crime in the subway. We're going to talk about the crime in the overall city. It's the beginning of a year. It's the end of the first week of a hopefully what's going to be a brilliant year for all of us here in the city of New York. Um, 
Joan Pels is homesick. We want her to get better. We got Sam Bellino. We got Idala. We got Chief Kemper coming up. Don't go away. You're going to want to hear about all the stats here in the city of New York. We'll be right back. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. We are proud, proud to serve, to serve our country, to serve our local communities, to wear the uniform, to be a soldier, to serve abroad when and where duty calls. We are ready to stand with our brothers and sisters to defend, to serve, to fight. We're always ready. We're always there. We are the New York Army National Guard. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here to talk to you about Bay Ridge Honda, run by the fantastic Sabah family. The Sabah family that I have known since my dad walked in there in 1980 and bought a Honda Accord for my grandfather. My sister's gotten cars there. My brother-in-law's gotten cars there. And you know why? Because the Sabah family makes you feel like you're part of their family. Bay Ridge Honda has New Year's deals. You know, we all make New Year's resolutions. Quit smoking, get more sleep, drink less. How about a New Year's resolution of a new car? At Bay Ridge Honda, they have brand new 2024 Hondas under MSRP, and they're offering lease loyalty bonuses. Finance rates are available. No payments until March of 2024. Best prices around. They will offer you top dollar for your trade-in. So visit the Sabah family at Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at Bay BayRidgeHonda.com. Fourth Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. Unity Bank is dedicated to community-oriented banking and offers a full range of services, including business and personal accounts, business loans, and mortgages. Unity has locations throughout New Jersey and in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, expanding its footprint to 21 retail locations. Grow your savings with their great CD specials. Visit UnityBank.com to find out more. Unity Bank is also a great place to work. As Unity Bank President and CEO James Hughes says, the people make Unity Bank a great place to work. We give our employees an opportunity to grow. At Unity Bank, there are no excess layers of bureaucracy as found at Goliath-sized banks. All employees have full access to management with encouragement to make decisions and grow their careers. Visit unitybank.com. That's unitybank.com for current CD and savings specials. They are FDIC insured, an equal opportunity employer, and an equal housing lender. Unity Bank, growing with you. Remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible? Well, the same rationale applies to adults, too. When we're feeling good, we think everything is okay, and we don't need a power of attorney, or we think we don't need a healthcare proxy. We think, ah, we'll worry about that when we're older or we become sick. Well, nothing can be further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or healthcare proxy. What happens then? Then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Is that what you want? Of course not. 
It's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. Call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know this stuff. They've been doing it for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. What's the time? It's time to get ill. What's the time? It's time to get ill. So what's the time? It's time to get ill. My poor mother, you know, she's like, why, why are these guys playing this crazy music? You know, where's Sinatra? Where's Dean Martin? Well, it's the Beastie Boys once again. It was yesterday when Chief Kemper jumped on with us uh, after that what could have been horrible, horrible uh, train crash here in New York. Uh, thank God it, it wasn't. I don't think there were any serious injuries. Um, but uh, I want to dig a little deeper with uh, Chief Michael Kemper of the NYPD. He is a frequent guest here. and We're very lucky to have him because, you know, let me just tell you something, folks, and I know Chief Kemper will, will agree. The newspapers and these websites and stuff, they're not necessarily looking for the truth. They're not necessarily looking for accuracy. They're looking for these clicks. They're looking to see if you click on a story and how long you stay on the story. They're looking to see if you keep the, the news channel on that you're watching. They're looking to see if you continue to stream. They want to, they, they want you to hear all the salacious stuff, and boy... As you just heard, I've been living that with the Ghislaine Maxwell and, and Weinstein, uh, Epstein stuff. Um, so I love the fact that Chief Kemper comes on. Uh, I literally just came from court and I just got off the four train, maybe the five train, but I think it was the four train. Uh, and, you know, the, the subways are our lifeblood. As uh, District Attorney Eric Gonzalez told me, you know, if we lose the subways, we lose the city. And, the, you know, the subways were... Really bad when I was a kid. Then they got really good, and the combination of 2019, 2020, things weren't looking so good. But Chief Kemper has been at the helm now for a little while. And, uh, Chief, how we doing underground? Arthur, first off, good afternoon. And uh, how's Joan doing? Um, not great. And, and it's killing her, And besides the fact that she's sick and she's sleeping. But, you know, there's a lot of action. This week there was a lot of action here at the law firm. And, you know, she I, she is the poster person for fear of missing out, for FOMO. And, of course, I just keep feeding it. You know, I'm like, Joan, you, uh, there's so much going on here. You don't understand what you're missing. And it just drives her crazy. So, um, But I hopefully she'll be back next week. Um, yeah. But she, she really, you know, she hit it pretty hard. So... Um, but let's see. We've been talking Chief Kemper all basically all year, and it's all about. Unfortunately, you know, we we live by statistics, and yep. uh, the statistics of of crime in the subway. You know, it was going up in 2019, 2020, 2021, 20, I don't know. Well, you're going about to tell me about 2022 and 2023. All right. All right, let's get our nerd on. Let's talk talk data and stats. All right, Arthur. Go for so, it. We ended 2022, I think most of your uh, listeners will remember, you know, really spiking, you know, uh, high in crime. It was a challenging year. We ended the year uh, in 22, just over 30 percent in overall crime in the subway system. A lot of fear, a lot of concern. And that's when Mayor Adams uh, and his administration came out with that Cops Cares, Cameras and Care program, which that was a tremendous investment that allowed us to deploy 
you know, upwards of 1,200 additional cops a day in the subway system. And those investments really, uh, you know, really paid dividends and really paid off this year. So, you know, our end of year uh, stats are out. They were released. We just had our press conference a couple of days ago in headquarters. Uh, and we ended 2023 down in crime uh, versus 22. So, you know, we went from a, a you know, really concerning 30% increase uh, and we ended this year down 2.6%, which which comes to 60 less major crime victims this year versus last year, which is, you know, real significant. And when, you know, looking at those crimes, homicides are down uh, 50%, uh, five less homicides, robberies are down just about 11%, 66 less robbery victims uh, this year, shooting incidents decreased 33%, rapes are down 58% this year, grand larcenies are down uh, and again, we ended the year uh, on a, a positive note with momentum, and uh, we're looking to take that momentum going into 2024. But again, as I always say, Arthur, one crime is one crime too many, and uh, we mean that. Uh, and as we always say, we recognize that we still have a lot of work to get done, but we're committed to getting the job done. So, Chief Kemper, let's talk about, thank you for all of that, but let, let's talk about you know how do you get the job done? So now it's January. Look, you know, you, you, you're in charge of thousands of people. I'm in charge of a couple of dozen. But, you know, I had my big talk with everybody on Wednesday. I gave them Tuesday to get the grogginess of, uh, of a week off out of their system. But, you know, now it's a new year and, uh, you know, new beginnings. So what do you, I mean, do you change things? Do you try to inspire people with you know, morale boosting? What does the chief of the Transit Bureau do to keep his troops, uh, you know, making the city safer? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, we're a dynamic agency and we, we have the ability to shift and move our personnel uh, at, a, at a moment's time. And we do. But look, Arthur, I say this and I mean this. You could have the best plans in the world with the greatest minds developing them. Uh, but without our cops, you know, getting the job done, what does it all mean? You know, we're blessed. We have a great, great uh, uh, agency that's that's uh, staffed with amazing men and women, our cops, and they're the ones that get the job done. Think about that. You know, they really, really are. But look, deployment, proper deployment is critical if we're going to have success, which means we have to know where our crimes are happening, where our complaints are coming from, where are, are the problem uh, locations, whether they're stations or train lines or, or, or mezzanines. Uh, and we got to be responsive quickly, quickly. You know, technology, as we sit here right now, obviously technology has advanced over the years. You know, I, I can't imagine where we're going to be in a few years. When I came on in 1991, there were, there were no cell phones and video cameras, but now we're so reliant on them uh, and they tremendous value. But Chief, just, uh, just I don't I don't want to uh, one up you there, Chief Kemper. But when I started in the DA's office just a year after you there you have a, a room full of lawyers a couple of hundred lawyers there were two computers two computers we literally you know when they say on the computer cut and paste we literally yeah. would take pieces of paper from like another motion get a scissors you cut the part what you want out you get tape you paper on that piece of paper and then you would hand write in whatever it is that you need to fill out and then you gave it to a stenographer pool and then they would yep. type it up for you and hand it back to you and it would so yes things have changed exponentially over the last 30 uh, plus years absolutely Listen, i took typing in high school and a, a beeper was cutting edge technology a beeper to a payphone right remember those days arthur 
And my son doesn't even know what a payphone is when I point out. There was one in the diner. My seven-year-old had no idea what it was. It was kind of interesting. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it, amazing. And I, I often think, like, where the heck are we going to be in, in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? But So, Chief, I'm, I'm just looking at some statistics that you your team sent over to me. And this is not necessarily um, just in the subway. This is overall crime statistics. But yeah. in the two years since the Adams administration took over, um, yep. you know, a couple of numbers that really jump out is murders have decreased by twenty, almost twenty-one percent in the city of New York. Yep. I mean that's that's a pretty that's a pretty significant change. Um, yep, well, rape rapes are down uh, by three percent, but the big uh, jump really was last year was twenty twenty three is ten percent less than twenty twenty two, and obviously ten percent is the difference between. 1,455 to, in 2023, to 1,625. So, you know, that's that's a couple of hundred rapes, and that's huge. Robberies are down 21% in the last two years. Um, felony assaults are down 21% in the last uh, two years. So, you know, and there's well, grand larcenies are down 22.7%. 22.7 percent yeah. and um gla is it has to do with stealing automobiles correct yep that's gla stolen car yep or right. stolen motorcycle scooter yep that that's down 50 percent in two years so i i am so hopeful for what you guys are going to do in this next year um you know i i mentioned on the radio Sometime not that long ago, I sat and I had dinner alone. Myself, Frank Sedio, uh, his bride, and, and the mayor. And we had a beautiful two-hour dinner. And I will tell you, he has so much respect and confidence in, in your whole team. From, Chief, you know, from obviously the police commissioner, Chief Madry, you, your buddy Chell, uh, and, and everyone else. I mean, he really, I think he puts his head on his pillow at night and knows that part of his job is really well taken care of, and you guys should be very proud of that. And these statistics are bearing that out. Yeah, and let me let me just talk about our mayor. You know, just forget about how supportive he is, right? I mean, um, to have a mayor, you know, as vocally supportive of, of his cops as he is, which goes such a long way and is appreciated. Uh, but you know, he knows his job. You know, uh, probably all your listeners know. Some of you may don't know. Mayor Adams was a cop. Not only was he a cop, he was a transit cop. So he's worn the uniform that we wear. He knows the job. He knows what's realistic, what's not. Uh, and again, to have a mayor that knows the job, that is supportive as he is, not just verbally supportive also, but financially supportive, uh, and, and the list goes on, it's, it's, it's a good feeling for us. It really is. And, you know, I just want to look, you know this, um, I represent Rudy Giuliani, and although he's had his fair share of issues as of late, uh, anyone who looks at things objectively will uh, always credit him with basically saving the city twice. He saved the city when it came in, and, you know, guys like us, we're not just going to stroll around Times Square at one in the morning the way we do now. And then, he, and meaning he saved it for crime, he cleaned up Times Square, remember it was a pornography hub of the world and then he saved yep. it again on you know september 11th 12th 13th 14th of 2001 and when i ask people the random question uh you know when was the city safer when rudy julian rudy giuliani left office or today 
almost everyone says when Rudy Giuliani left office. And Chief Kemper, you could tell them that's just not true. It's absolutely not true. Um, and, and look, make no mistake about it, Arthur. Uh, Giuliani and, and, and Bratton, um, they revolutionized policing as we know it. You know, it, starting in 1995, I believe, 96, um, you know, with the CompStat process, with expectations and, uh, you know, focusing on um, quality of life, uh, supporting our cops. And they revolutionized policing uh, worldwide. Uh, and, and a lot of what they created is still in existence today. Well, I'm reading you know, a sheet that I'm reading to you, Chief Kemper. I'm reading it off of a CompStat sheet. CompStat means computer statistics. And, you know, yep. coming back to all the conversation you and I had a moment ago, like, because I was in the DA's office and you were just got on the job when this happened. Like, this was a big deal. They were keeping statistics on computers, which was unheard of because all the statistics that were kept, if they were kept, were kept in those big, huge leather round books, leather bound books in, in each separate precinct. And this was them bringing it all together under one roof. Right, Chief? Absolutely. And, and, and another big part of what they uh, did was... Um, allowed us to be proactive. And what I mean by that is, you know, in, in large part, the NYPD was a responsive police department, uh, you know, pre-1995 or pre-Giuliani Bratton, meaning uh, a job would come over, a crime would happen, we would respond, and we would take care of business. Uh, we became proactive under their leadership where we would actually look for the crime to stop it before it even happens. Arthur, I got a fun fact for you. I got a little trivia question for you. Go for it. I I think it might blow your people, uh, your listeners' minds. And I don't know if I gave you this or if I did, um, bear with me. Because statistical achievements are important and we're proud of them. But what does that mean to a victim of a crime or somebody that's afraid? You know, I'm talking about perception and uh, fear, which is real. Uh, and when talking about the subway system, obviously perception, fear, crime is a big, big conversation. But if I were to ask you... Um, out of all the crime that happens in New York City, out of 100% of crime that happens in New York City, what percentage do you think happened in the subway system? Oh. In 2023, what percentage of all total crime in New York City happened in the subway system? And anyone listening to me come up with a number. So I'm, I'm just I, curious. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, I, you know, I would say, I don't know why, and I, I may be way off, but the number 17% comes to my mind. All right, 17%. Anyone else around? Sam Boland, throw out a number, uh, Sam Boland. i got to say, uh, probably even less than that. I'm going to go with 10%. All right, 10%. So the numbers I usually get are, are anywhere from 20%, 30%, 50%. Yeah, I, I was thinking 25 but I, I said maybe that's a little high. All right, so if I told you 1.8% of all crime in the city occurs in the subway system, would you be shocked? Yes. 1.8% of all crime wow. that occurred in New York City occurred in the subway system in calendar year 2023. Think about what I just told you. And then just think about the fear that's out there of the subway system. I know. And, it, and that, that goes to perception. And that's our challenge, Arthur. Chief, I, our... believe me, I, when, you know, you know how I dress. You know, you know, you know the kind of the circles I run in. And when people, when people hear then I'm jumping in the subway, which I did nonstop in the month of December because you know where my office is. It's three blocks away from Rockefeller Center, two blocks away from Grand Central, two blocks away from Times Square. I mean, it's gridlock central. You can't move around here except in the subway. 
And when people hear I'm taking the subway, they look at me. Some people, especially people who don't come to the city often, they look at me like I'm telling them I'm shooting up heroin. I mean, like, what are you, you, Arthur Idalia, you don't you have a car and a driver and Uber? And I go, not, I go, not if I want to get somewhere. That's my point, and that's the challenge. Look, we average 6.2 major crimes a day in the subway system this year. And that's the subway system, the largest subway system, right, in the world, serving an average of 4 million people a day, right? 6.2 major crimes a day on average in 2023. Again, I think I said this uh, last time, just to put that in perspective, that's more, more average daily riders in the New York City subway system than the entire population of Los Angeles. Go call the mayor of Los Angeles or the police chief of the LAPD and see if he or she would sign for 6.2 crimes a day. They'd sign in two seconds with a blind Uh-oh. check. And take- Absolutely. We're talking, we have a little elongated segment here with Chief Michael Kemper because I'm enjoying this so much. And, and uh, you're a great guest, Mike. And uh, sorry, Chief. And, um, you know, it, it, there is definitely a perception uh, issue. I was on the phone yesterday with a very, very prestigious reporter from NBC News who's a very, very big fan of New York. And, you know, as, and, and he actually thinks the mayor's doing an excellent job under all of these circumstances. And, you know, we were talking about even sanitation. And I'm standing, looking out my window, I'm looking south on Fifth Avenue, which is not exactly a, a street that's uninhabited. And there was, I said to him, I said, Adam, I go, I go, I'm looking two blocks down from 45th. I can see all the way down to 43rd. I don't see one piece of litter on the street. And, you know, people, you know, have this conception that, uh, uh, you know, that it's, uh, it's dirty, it's filthy, it's scary. Before I let you go, Chief, I want to just run by, because again, I want to revisit one thing. Mm-hmm. It's just some statistics, some very simple statistics. And folks at home, ju- just listen to this. When Rudy Giuliani came into office in 1993, there was 1,927 murders in the city. Okay. Now, to his credit, when he left, there were 600 and 49 murders in 2001. Obviously, that excludes the tragedy of 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, in 2020, well, do, we, do I have the 2023 number? Uh, I have the numbers. If you come what, what's, What is the homicide rate in 2023? Is it 386 or 380? Yeah, wow, you got that. That was a great guess because you were spot on, 386. So just, I mean, if you, it, it's not exactly half, but it's close to half of the murder rate from when Rudy left office to the second year of Eric Adams' term. And look, you got to give Michael Bloomberg and Ray Kelly an enormous amount of credit for because when everyone, when Rudy left, everyone was like, well, now crime's going to go up. And it didn't. It just kept going down and down and down. And another stat, Michael Kemper, the chief of the Transit Bureau, which will freak people out, like really freak people out, is I believe the lowest crime on record, the lowest year was in the during the de Blasio administration when yeah. Bratton was the police commissioner once again. But people never. I when I say to you, you think they're freaked out about Rudy Giuliani having a higher crime rate than Eric Adams. When I tell them which mayor had the lowest crime rate in the history of the city of New York, and it was Bill de Blasio, people really their heads spin. Now a lot of that, I guess, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, Chief Kemper, but a lot of that is the spillover effect of the 20 years of Giuliani and Bratton and Ray Absolutely. Kelly and, and Bloomberg. Absolutely. And, and, and again, um, you know, just talking about that perception, I mean, you know, again, and, and to your listeners, look, I am not naive. I, I, 
I've said it a hundred times, deception is real. And a lot of that has to do with what people see on the news. A lot of that also, truth be told, has to do with what they see personally at certain subway stations or, 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 or on some, some certain subway cars uh, when they use the subway, whether that's active, acts of lawlessness, fare evasion, smoking, homeless, mental health. We get that. We're hyper-focused on that. We've spoken nauseam about what we're doing about that. But Arthur... 1.8% of all crime in a city occurs in the subway system, yet it dominates the news cycle and it dominates fear and perception. Think about what I just told you and think about the tremendous challenge we have. Well, Chief Kemp, I have one minute left and Sam Molino is going to kill me uh, figuring out how to squeeze in all the commercials we got to do. But it's always great speaking to you. And it's, you know, it is the end of the, well, we're talking about the end of the year. It's the beginning of a new year. And um, again, I, I am not one of these people who uh, poo-poos the subway and the importance of it. So um, I just want to tell you that, um, you know, we're behind you 100%. These airwaves are behind you. Where are these airwaves are for you? I mean, by the way, you looked very handsome on TV. You were all over the place yesterday with that uh, derailment. Wait, DC today. Wait, DC today. Well, listen. With the, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. But as beautiful as your wife is, you better be looking good to uh, keep her on your arm. Otherwise, uh, you're going to be a big trouble. She hit the jackpot when she got me. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you sound like me, Chief. I tell my wife, I tell Marianne, I go, you know, Marianne. Every morning I wake up, I look over at you, and I thank God for giving you such a wonderful husband. And you know, of course, she laughs heartily. We kid, we kid. All right, Chief Mike Kemper, he's the man who's keeping us safe underground for those those under two percent of crimes that take place down there. Um, we wish you the best of luck. In- you're going to use that stat. You like that fun fact. Oh, right? it's it, it's a great stat. It really is. Happy New Year, my friend, and I'll see you real soon. Arthur, happy New Year to you, Matt. Be well, and my best of luck, Joan. Get well soon. All right, Chief Kemper, the chief of the NYPD Transit Bureau. Thank you so much for spending so much time with us. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Tonight at 7, it's the Fun Friday edition of Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough and Christine Nicholas. What does that mean? Broadway reviews, restaurants. We'll talk about things going on in the different bids across New York City and have a cocktail recipe or two. That's tonight at 7. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The Answer. Dr. Sebastian Gorka here, inviting you to follow me on a cruise to Alaska this 4th of July weekend. It will be the adventure of a lifetime. Reserve your cabin today. Call 855-565-5519 or PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX. InfuCareRx.com. Improving quality of life one patient at a time. The holidays are a time when family and friends come together to celebrate traditions. Did you know that our team at InfuCareRx can help you or a loved one receive safe and cost-effective infusion therapy services in the comfort of your home? Our entire team of clinicians and medical professionals are here to help you receive the infusion therapy services that you need to stay well. One simple call to InfuCareRx may make this holiday season a little brighter for you or your loved one. 
Call InfuCareRx today for more information at 877-828-3940. We wish you a very happy and healthy holiday season. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by their guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. Have you been injured in a construction site accident? Have you fallen from a scaffold, ladder, or height while on the work site? If the answer is yes, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. In most cases, the law in New York favors you as the plaintiff if injured in a fall while working on someone else's property. It is important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We're always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Kamins at 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. It's a new year and time for new resolutions. I'm sure you've already made yours going to the gym, spending more time with family. You know how it goes. But is there someone in your life that should really make a resolution for an upgrade to a new career? Why not tell them about court reporting? It's a career with tremendous opportunity and flexibility. They can work in courts. They can work in schools. They can even work from home. They work as much or as little as they want, and their earning potential is fantastic. The National Court Reporters Association says there are 5,000 openings for court reporters and not enough reporters to fill them. The NCRA is offering this free program called A to Z where participants are introduced to stenography and court reporting and sessions are being hosted right here in New York City. Plaza College in Forest Hills, Queens is the only school in the city with a court reporting program. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Are you ready to embark on an unforgettable expedition this summer? Then join me, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, along with my wife, Katie, and our special guests on the Patriots Alaska Cruise. We'll unpack the trends and influences shaping our world today while sailing the pristine coast of Alaska over Fourth of July weekend. Learn more at patriotsalaskacruise.com. This experience is is more than a vacation it's a chance to participate in spirited discussions and thought-provoking lectures with like-minded patriots seven action-packed days will chart a course through a bright american future all while surrounded by alaska's rustic and natural wonders you'll experience powerful creation immersed in the splendor of glaciers and fjords mark your calendars june 29th to july 6th Secure your cabin today by calling 855-565-5519 or online at PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. Hi, it's Arthur Idala 
Fastec Industries helps with all of your construction, demolition, and your weekly waste removal needs. They have roll-off containers from 10 to 40 yards, perfect for house, attic, and garage cleanouts, or construction and demolition debris. Fastec specializes in the removal and recycling of dirt, rock, concrete, brick, and asphalt in all five boroughs, every corner of New Jersey, and now serving Westchester County. Fastec is the number one supplier of recycled products, the number one wholesaler of virgin quarry materials, and the number one provider of roll-off containers. Call Fastec today. Ask for Joe C. at 718-494-1600. That's 718-494-1600. Mention this ad for $25 off your next roll-off container rental. Go online to F-A-Z-T-E-C. IND.com for more information. Fastec Industries is now serving Westchester County. Fastec Industries is a DeFazio company. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The answer. What are we listening to, Sam Bellino? This is a little bit of Spirit in the Night from Bruce. Crazy Jane, and a mission man. Friday night, New York City, 45th and 5th. Long came wild, Billy with his friend Well, you know, we're talking about crime and talking to Chief Kemper, spirits in the night. You know, when I was 16 years old, which is 40 years ago right now, right? I'm 56. I was dating a young woman who lived in a place called Edgewater Park in the Bronx under the Throgs Neck Bridge. And um, Sam Bellino, you know when you're 16, those those hormones, you know, you know those. Yeah, they 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 kick in, they're kicking. Yeah, yeah, like you know, when the wind blows, there's issues, and you know when you go to a farm, <laughs> the, the sheep are nervous around you. Um, so, um, I lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, and uh, she lived in Edgewater Park. If you look at the subway map, I live on the second from the last stop on the R train, all the way in the bottom of the map, and she lived, used to get off of Westchester Square on the 6th train, uh, a couple of stops before Bure Avenue where my dad grew up, and then I'd have to transfer over to get a bus, um, the BX40, that would take you to Edgewater Park. And I would do this with my buddies, Glenn and Carmody, but sometimes I would do it alone. And I would go there, you know, early, like 5, 6 in the, in the afternoon, evening, that wasn't too bad. But man, I would come home at one, two in the morning. I was yeah. 16. I weighed like long 140 ride. pounds. And forget about long. You know what crime was like then? <laughs> I'm talking about 1983, 84. I'm talking about 1984. Right now, it was nuts. First of all, there was graffiti everywhere. Um, I remember one night, Chris Glenn and I were coming home. And this group of guys start kind of, it's like one in the morning, this, this group of guys cause starts coming towards us, but not really towards us, but they're coming into our car because you just go in between cars and stuff. Yeah, and, but, remember, and, and that's also when the lights would flash uh, oh, yeah. on and off on those train cars. And guys too. would just grab onto the, the rails and, and then the, the handlebars that, you know, would, would you would support yourself if there's too many people in there, and they would just kick out the window. Just boom, like they would wear those big Timberland boots and kick out the window. So I remember these guys coming in. Glenn was in high school in Manhattan from Brooklyn. So he was always on the train. So he was a little more train savvy than I was, although I rode the train often. And I remember as the guys were coming, <laughs> Glenn just goes to me, just that crazy, Idola, just that crazy. So I'm sitting there, and I just look at Chris, and he just starts staring out the window like a maniac, like, but, but like 
like just would fire in his eyes, and I just start doing these, making these weird noises, like whoop, oh boy, ha, 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 whoop, oh boy, yeah, ha. So that these guys just <laughs> thought we were like I don't know, like we were sick, nutty, crazy people. Did it? Did it work though? Uh, well, I didn't get mugged, so All if, right, if, it worked. If that, if that means it worked, then it worked. Um, I will tell you if you listen to those stats by Kemper. Um, you know, we should really feel a lot better because what was the number you said? 1.8? 1.8, yes. I mean, come on, man. 1.8? Uh, I forget who I was with. Oh, I won't go in the subway. No, you can't take the subway. And these are people who live in Brooklyn. I'm not talking about people who live in the all the way out in New Jersey or never, you know, never touch the city. Oh, no, I can't take I can't. I mean, oh, no, I won't do that. Well, anyway, I did that. I did that this afternoon. Um, when I went to, I was at my desk and, um, it was, uh, two, two thirty. I had, I just had to go observe a court appearance at three o'clock. So I'm at 45th and fifth. I had to get all the way down right at the foot of the Brooklyn bridge. I walked over the grand central, jumped on the four train. It goes grand central 14th street, Brooklyn bridge. I'm there. I was there at in less than a half an hour door to door. And I watched, um, I watched the sentencing that I had to watch, and it was went pretty well uh, in terms of this. This individual got sentenced to a relatively short jail sentence, and my client is a co-defendant, and he's less culpable. So if I do my job, and Jackarino does his job, and Lino does his job the way we should, um, hopefully my client will will fare very well. He's a good guy. Um, maybe you made a little mistake, but it's not a violent crime or anything. It's got like a little money thing going on. Um, and, um, then we, we jumped in the, um, jumped in the train and we came right back and it was just, I mean, it was fantastic. And, uh, it really was like, if I had to do that in a car and, and, and go to the parking garage and then wait for them to take my car out and then go in and then go over there and bang, how much does that cost? Then go down there and get in another parking garage and bang, how much does that cost? It's. So I just want to thank uh, Chief Kemper, and we're talking about those those statistics. Those are real numbers. You know, other things I hear from people are, oh, Artie, stop it. The crime numbers are down because no one's reporting crime. No, these are the reported crimes. In other words, there may be other crimes that, that people aren't calling in and calling 911. I'm sorry, people that what my friends who are a little more negative are saying the cops aren't reporting the crimes. But these are the crimes that are being called into 911 or being brought, people walking into a station, and these are the reports being filled out. So these are real numbers. And trust me, they really watch these comp stat numbers. They don't, you know, they don't fool around, uh, you know, with, with manipulating them at all. And, um, they're really, really important. So it is the weekend. Um, my weekend is shaping up to, um, I'm going to have a libation with a friend, uh, shortly. And, oh, I got today, I got in the mail a big, I'm looking at the letter in front of me. I got the letter from the Court of Appeals. Like now, when I get a letter from the Court of Appeals, I get all nervous. I get a letter from the Court of Appeals telling me, um, when my Harvey Weinstein argument is. It is on Valentine's Day. It is, the calendar will begin to be called at 2 p.m. Um, and I am, and I think there's four cases before me, then they're going to take a 10 minute break. And then I am the last case of the day, people of the state of New York versus Harvey Weinstein. And, um, 
I asked to be to have thirty minutes to argue. The court has only granted me twenty minutes to argue, but the power the the powers that be here, the brain trust of Leventhal, Cammons, and Lewis, the three retired judges who work in our firm, told me that when they put you at the end of the day, that time limit is very flexible. I mean, they you know the seven judges who I will be arguing before they're in control of the time. And if they want to give you more time, if they want to flesh out some issues, they will do that. I will. I have no problem telling the airwaves that I am very excited about this. But, you know, I am appropriately, like, nervous and concerned. So um, tonight I'll spend some time with Luca here in the office after I meet a friend real quick for a libation. And uh, Luca and I will do a little work. We'll probably watch a little Brooklyn Nets while get some food. Um, tomorrow I will spend some time with the kids in the morning. Then I'm going to go to the office to read some Harvey Weinstein materials. And tomorrow night we're going to a friend's engagement party. And then on Sunday I'm taking Arthur to his first Brooklyn Nets, uh, his first basketball game ever with a couple of his friends, his friend Justin. So happy birthday to Justin. And then we're going to, and this is how I want to end the show, by wishing my father-in-law a very happy birthday. It's a special big birthday for Geraldo Bertuna. And um, we're going out for his birthday Sunday, although we're celebrating it. Technically, he celebrates it today, but I don't think it's a secret. He was actually born on Christmas Day, um, but he wasn't registered. He was born in Sicily in a town called Vizzini. And um, you know, I don't think they registered with the town his date of birth until... Um, uh, January the 5th, and that was somewhat common um, back back in the day. Um, my father-in-law is the epitome, the embodiment of the American dream. He came over from Sicily at 12 years old. He did not, he did not speak English. Uh, I believe he was the president of his senior year in high school, at New Utrecht High School in Brooklyn. Uh, he served in the military at Fort Hamilton Army Base. Uh, well, he served around the country, but he ended in Fort Hamilton Army Base. Coincidentally, my father was stationed there at the same time. Uh, I'm sure their paths crossed, but they didn't know each other. He then had the most successful photo studio, definitely in the city of New York, called Aldo Photo Studio. And he um, took that and made a, a pretty some pretty smart real estate moves as well. And most importantly, he's had a spectacular marriage to the best mother-in-law in the world, Nanette Bertuna. And two spectacular daughters, um, obviously my wife Marianne, a lawyer, and her younger sister Christine, uh, Christine Bertuna Haynes, who has been on this show before, and she's in the emergency room as a doctor at Lenox Hill, and he's got his grandchildren and his brother, and uh, as I said, he's lived a very, very wonderful, charmed life, and he deserves all the beautiful things, gifts that God has to give you and life has to offer. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday from the Arthur Idola Power Hour. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.